Welcome to the City Park Church Podcast. We are changing the culture of the city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. And all of a sudden, Jesus, one thing that Jesus was asking if he wants to be healed, water supernaturally, his power goes into the man, the man walks and he picks and delivering and casting out devils and interrupting funerals and uh, raising people from the dead and Jesus just continued to do what he does and he continues to do today. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? And his power is still the same today as it was back then. He still heals. He still sets free. He still interrupts funerals. Amen? And raise people from the dead. And so um, I guess God is asking us uh, today, do you want to be healed? And... Do you want your relationships mended? Um, do you want your finances restored? Uh, do you want your, your mind to be sound and your emotions to be sound? Uh, do you want clarity in your life concerning the path that, that he has for you and understanding? And uh, do you want your spiritual eyes open to the things that God has for you? And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about life in the spirit, how that that walking in the spirit and trusting in the spirit and learning to hear his voice can really solve all of those issues because God will always lead us to, to a path of health and wholeness and peace and prosperity. There's always good things coming from heaven. And because uh, heaven is filled with them. When we get there, it's going to be filled with the riches of, of God's kingdom, peace, joy. There's no sin in heaven. There's no arguing in heaven. Hallelujah. There's no stress in heaven. You guys out there? No anxiety in heaven. And, and, and y'all get a big mansion in heaven. Anybody looking forward to that? Big mansion, nice furniture. Come on. Hallelujah. The nicest, you think our kitchen downstairs is nice. Wait till, wait till you see the Jesus kitchen in your house in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. You think you got a nice house now? Wait till you see your mansion in heaven, your real estate. So we're talking about no excuses. If you want to turn to Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, and I want to talk a little bit about, uh, about the man Moses. Moses. Moses, he encounters God in the form of a burning bush. You guys remember the story? God is speaking through that, through that bush, and the bush isn't being consumed. And um, God calls Moses into the ministry at 80 years old. Somebody say, no age excuse. No excuse concerning age. Call them at 8-0. And um, let's, let's read a little bit here in Exodus chapter 3, beginning of verse 7. He said, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. How many know God sees? Sees our heartache. He sees our ministry, our misery. Sees our ministry too. He goes, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. This might be talking about your boss here, right? Slave driver, heard you crying. And, and, and I am concerned about their suffering. I don't know about you, but I could just preach on those three sentences right there. It's like, I mean, God loves us so much. He sees our misery. He's heard our crying and he's concerned about it. Concerned about it, about our suffering. He says, so I have come down to rescue them. He is our rescuer. He's come down to rescue us. For us, he sent the rescuer. His name is Jesus. Amen. He says, I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, from those slave drivers, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. One thing about God is he's always looking to give you an upgrade. Always looking to give you an upgrade. Amen? I mean, I don't know about you, but um, we've been living in our house almost 16 years now. And we've had the same cabinets. I've redone the countertops 
But, you know, things get dirty and things break, and you're just looking at that, and you're thinking, okay, what are we going to do here? We need an upgrade in this place. Floors are good. Countertops are kind of chipped a little bit. And for me, I'm always looking for the upgrade because I get bored with the same old, same old. Anybody that way? Kind of get bored with the same old color. Not like Kara. She repaints her house every three months. But, you know, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, but you, you get bored with the same old, same old. And you're always looking for an upgrade. Well, you know what? Our Heavenly Father is the same way. He's like, he's got so much that he wants to do in our lives and through us. And he's got so much that he wants to give us. God's always got an upgrade for you. And uh, because I don't know about you, I just get bored with the same old, same old. Not not my wife. No, of course. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank God for a good wife. Can you say amen? She, when I, when I get complacent, she stirs me up. I'm like, oh, you know, if I look at that kitchen and I think to myself, we need a new kitchen, but oh, it's going to take so much work, you know? And, and she, she'll put the vision in me to move forward. She's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's start planning. You know, let's formulate a plan. It's like when we did the kitchen downstairs, the only thing that I wanted in that kitchen down there was a new floor. You guys realize that? But then when we started to go in there and realize that the floor is falling apart and there's dry rot everywhere and the roof is leaking, what's the sense in paying $3,500 for a new floor when the building could cave in in a couple of years? And then you're like, oh my gosh. And you think to yourself, what did I get myself into? I mean, this is like week number six, right? Going there every day, fixing stuff, fixing stuff. But you know what? You work through the issues. You, you fix things. You, um, you, you work through putting in it. We got a new water heater. It's on demand, which is awesome. When, when we have to fill the baptismal now, all we need to do is unscrew it, screw a hose on there, and bring the hose out into the main room and fill the baptismal with hot water. So I was like, that is so cool. But, you know, it, it just took a lot of planning. And then finding people or contractors you can trust. You know, so you work through this whole process. Now when I go in there, I'm just like satisfied. You're like, this is so nice, pleasant to the eye. You know what I mean? And then you're just so proud of the work you've done, of the things that you've accomplished, even though it was difficult, even though I had to crawl in that ugly crawl space with the dead mice, you know, and all the, you, none of you would go down there hardly anybody. If you don't like spiders, you wouldn't have been in that crawl space because it was just like cobweb city. But you know what? I can deal with it. Hallelujah. Now, look at what he wants to do. He wants to give him an upgrade, a land that is good and spacious. Hallelujah. You need a bigger house? Good and spacious, a land flowing with milk and honey. I love that. God will even stock your refrigerator. Milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, <laughs> Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And so now I go, I am sending you, Moses, to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God is always looking for a deliverer. He always is looking for somebody who's going to step up, take leadership, and help move things forward. And we're all, we all have leadership in some realm, in some way. Whether you're mom or dad, whether you're you know, a supervisor at work, whether you work here and you run something and take the reins. Because he partners with us. The question is, are we willing to follow him and listen to the Spirit's voice? Or are, or are we filled with excuses? Moses, you know, we think of Moses as such a great man, but if you read the the conversation we're going to read today, Moses tried to get out of this thing five times. He was like, I mean, his conversation was not what we would call faithful, meek man, humble man, a, a great leader. Even though we're great leaders, how many know we all have times of doubt and excuses? We all don't want to do the hard thing. 
You know, it's like, and we kind of fight that. Our flesh is fighting it. You know, let's read a little bit here. Number one is this. Life in the spirit is trust in God's presence. Life in the spirit is trust in God's presence. Exodus chapter three, verse 11 says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Someone say excuse number one. It's like, who am I? And God said this, I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain, on this very mountain where I am speaking to you through this burning bush that's not being consumed. Someday, look around you. Here's the vision. Look at these peaks. Look at these crags. Look at this mountain. Someday you will bring the people back to this place and together you will worship. Gives them a visual picture of his future. See, that's what the spirit does. He opens up our spiritual eyes. He gives us a visual picture of a finished work. You can see it down the road. You can see the, you can see the eagle down the road, right? These guys producing and building a, the, the world's largest bronze eagle. We went to there. We go there. The eagle pieces are everywhere, right? And, you know, it, we see a picture of it, but here's the head, and then here's the feet, you know, and here's the body, and then part of it is clay, and part of it is in the foundry being, you know, cooked and bronzed and whatever all that is. I don't know all the words. But you know what? There, there's a visual picture. Even though it's going to take a number of years to get there, they see that vision. They see that picture. A lot of work, a lot of patience, right? A lot of detail. A, um, you know, and, and, and some, some days you want to give up, I'm sure. It's like, oh my gosh, why did we ever agree to do this, right? And it's the same way with a lot of us. Why did we ever agree to open up a store in Troutdale and buy a building? Why did, why did we ever agree to, um, you know, to fix your kitchen or to paint your living room, you know? Why did we ever agree to renovate a 1930s historic building that was falling apart? You know, why did we, why did we ever agree to get married? This is not what I thought it would be. But what we all know is this, that it takes work. Relationships just don't appear. They just don't happen. It takes work. It takes patience. It takes love. It takes forgiveness. It takes communication. At the, at the end, we see the picture of the dream. We, we see the, the, the legacy of your family, your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids. Amen? We see the legacy of your investments, your 401ks, your, your, all your investments. You know, we see those things being blessed so that you, you have not only enough for you to live on and be blessed in your older years and your retirement, but... But as, as a parent, as a grandparent, you're thinking, um, I want to be blessed and I want to give blessings to my children. I want to leave something for them. I want to I form a legacy. And I want to be remembered as someone who's been faithful to the call of God upon my life. Moses was struggling here. Because here is Moses, he grew up in slavery. And, uh, but then he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter and by the palace. And then he grew up in, in riches and the best education. So we had, there, was, there was conflict going on there because he knew on the inside of him, he knew something was different compared to his brother, compared to those other, other you know, royals in the palace. He knew something by the spirit on the inside that something, like something about him was different, that he would be called to do something significant. And so he's resisting it. And he's making up excuses. Moses, at this point, expressed his insecurity, but God encouraged him with his presence. Expressed his insecurity, but God encouraged him with his presence. We all have insecurity. And whenever we step out and to do something significant, a voice will come to you and say, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? 
you know, the devil's like, who do you think you are stepping out and doing this? Who do you think you are applying for that job? But you can confidently say this, nobody. I'm nobody. God, how many know, 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says, God chooses the foolish to confound the wise. Hallelujah. You may be a nobody. However, it's not all about you. It's all about whose you are. It's about him. So trust in the one that you belong to. And when God is with you, you don't have to have fear. It's not about you. You need to know that back then, the presence of God would come upon those people in the Old Testament. Today, the presence of God comes to live in us and never leaves us or forsake us. We carry his presence wherever we go. You know, downstairs, we changed out the water heater to a tank to an on-demand. You guys know what on-demand is? That means once you turn it on, it takes a little while for it to heat up, but once it heats up, it'll forever go hot for the next 24 days. I mean, it's a forever on-demand water heater. Guess what? Back then in the Old Testament, they had a regular tank water heater where the Spirit of God would run out, but today... We've got an on-demand on the inside. His presence will never run out. Once you turn him on, watch out. Because here comes unlimited potential and power in your life. Somebody say on-demand. Number two is this. Life in the spirit is trust in God's name. Verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose, it's kind of a, (laughs) one of those words, Suppose, you, can see, you can see Moses thinking, uh, suppose, um, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say? What shall I tell them? And I, I love God's answer because this is like the coolest answer of all time. It, it says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Huh. Well, okay. I can probably I can see Moses thinking, okay, what does that really mean? <laughs> you want me to say that? I mean, they're already going to think I'm crazy. And if I tell them, well, the God of I am who I am sent me. Like, really? <laughs> I mean, what is God saying? It says, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. I am has sent you. Turn the page. So Moses claimed ignorance, so God educated him with his name. God educated with his name. Basically what God is saying, I was not created. I have no beginning and I have no end. I am. Therefore, you can't get rid of me. Our culture can't destroy you. I don't care how many Ten Commandments you take down from the courthouse or how many scriptural signs you remove from public places, you cannot get rid of me because I am. Amen? The word of God will not return void. It will accomplish what it's been sent forth to do, whether you have it hanging on your wall or not. Really where the place that it it creates the most effect and the most change is when it's hanging on your heart. Amen? It will not return void. Hallelujah. God explains that it isn't his name that is of concern, but it's who he is. It's who he is and what he can do. Science tells us everything has to have a beginning. So they think that God has to have a beginning. No, God does not have a beginning. It's something that we can't fathom, but when we get to heaven, we'll get a little bit more glimpse into who he was and what eternity is like. But right now, which is limited to natural explanations to try to explain who God is. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God we can understand what we understand. What we understand is this, that he lives in us and he'll never forsake us and he'll never leave us. The great I am is our father. Amen? I mean, I I can't barely understand his love, never mind his name. Unlimited. Number three is this. Life in the spirit is trust in God's power. Trust in God's power. Exodus chapter four, we'll go to verse one. 
says, Moses answered, what if, <laughs> first of all, he's like, suppose, and now Moses is like, what if? I mean, he's totally trying to get out of this thing. He's like, why can't I, I can hear his whiny voice. Why can't I stay here, you know, and, and continue to, to take care of my, my, my sheep and my, my flocks here? Why do I have to go back to Egypt and do this? Because I've got a comfortable life here, you know. I'm, I'm married and i got kids and things are happening. And, you know, has anybody ever, like, just wanted to escape the will of God for your life and just leave? I mean, people do it all the time. People leave churches all the time. You know, they leave ministries all the time because they, they get to a point where God begins to speak to them and gives them a vision that is way bigger than their ability and their understanding, and people can get afraid, and they can start making excuses, and then that, boom, they're gone. The temptation for that happens a lot, even for pastors. It would be so much easier. I mean, God, come on, God, can't I just please move to Bend, and, and, and I can be a ski instructor at Bachelor. That would be so easy. Why, why do I have to live in rainy Gresham? Oh. <laughs> you know, why do I have to teach every Sunday and be a pastor? Oh, you know, so you have these thoughts, you know, when things go bad and things go wrong and, you know, when temptation comes my way. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about all that when we're singing that song. It's so real. And you guys know it. I mean, we have those thoughts and the devil will bring thoughts to you concerning your, your commitments, concerning your relationships, your marriage. Concerning when things go hard in, in your workplace and your business, and you think, oh my gosh, why did I have to open a business? <laughs> I was like, can't I just go back to being an employee so that when I leave, I don't have to take it with me? You know, and I don't have to have the financial responsibility. I don't have to pay the mortgage and the bills and all my suppliers, and I don't have to, oh, excuses, excuses. And, and this is what Moses is thinking. He's like, there's no way I want to do this. So he's like, suppose, what if? (laughs) What if they do not believe me or listen to me when I say the Lord did not appear to you? Like you're a joke, Moses. You're making this up. Burning bush, not being consumed on the mountain. Like, it's not like you can like go there. This is like, you know, you know, tens of miles away, 20, 30 miles away from where Egypt is, you know? It's not like you can say, come here, let me show you the bush. It's like, what if they don't believe you that God spoke to you? <laughs> and then the Lord said to him, what is in that hand? He's carrying a staff, right? What's in the hand? He said, a stick. It's a staff. Then the Lord said, okay, throw it on the ground. Okay, so Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Are you kidding me? Like, what if this thing bites me? Like, I'm thinking, Moses is probably thinking, I'm afraid of snakes. <laughs> take it by the tail, Okay. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back to a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. I'm going to give you something, Moses, to prove to Pharaoh and his court that I am with you. God did the same thing for us through his son, Jesus. He said, lay hands on the sick and people would receive miracles. That blind eyes would open, that people would be healed of cancer, that people would walk that couldn't walk before. But we are the ones that have to lay our hands and we're the ones that have to pray. And Moses, you're the one who's gonna have to take that stick. And by faith, you saw it happen here. But as you stand before Pharaoh, by faith, you are going to have to throw that thing down and believe what I've said. You've got to put faith in this. Because if you just hold that thing and you're just like, oh my gosh, is it going to work? Sometimes when we pray for people that are sick, oh my gosh, is it going to work? Guess what? It's not up to you. All it is 
is up to you to by faith lay hands on him, pray the prayer of faith, and let God do the rest. Amen? Step out and let God do the rest. That's what faith, that's what the faith walk is and the faith journey is. So exciting, so adventurous. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, is it going to work? The first time he throws it down, he probably threw it down and looked away like, oh my God. Oh, it turned to a snake. Aha, okay, the Lord is with me. Ha, ha, ha. Gotcha, Pharaoh. See that? <laughs> and then he pulls it up by the hand and he holds it again. How many know the second time you do things, it's much easier once you see it work the first time? The first time you, you, you pray a prayer of faith or you pray for somebody, you know, you get nervous, you know, and you think, and all of a sudden it works, they get healed. And they're like, I'm healed. And you say, really? <laughs> but the more you step out in faith, the more God will use you and prove to the world that he's in you and he's alive. God loves to do that. Loves to do things like that. So what is, what is the point here? Basically, use what you have. Use what you have, the talents and the gifts that you have as an individual and as couples, as married couples, as college students. The talents that you have, those talents were given to you by God. Use those talents for his glory. God, how can you use me with the gifts and the abilities and the knowledge that you have given me? Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, Take some water from the, 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 the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. What if people doubt you? See, at this point, Moses is more concerned about himself and what people think of him than he is about being used to deliver a whole generation. What will they think about me? Well, I don't know about you. They already think you're crazy by coming to this church or by coming to church, period, right? And they may even think, your family may think you're crazy because they found out that we believe in speaking in tongues. Oh my gosh, what? We must be some of those crazy Pentecostals that run around and leapfrog during service. No, no, we're not crazy. We're just biblical. Amen? People will think you're crazy. But Moses feared being viewed in hyphen credible. So God empowered him. He feared being in hyphen credible. Think about all your experiences that you've had with Christ thus far. Think about how he saved you. Don't ever forget those early days of your salvation and what he did for you. Think about how he's healed you and set you free. All the times you were sick, times you were laid up in the hospital or or, or the times you were struggling, when God came and delivered you. If you think about all the times that he helped you to get that contract signed and to work through the issues, think about all those things, write those things down, keep a journal of those kind of things and go back and look at those things and remind yourself so that you can remind others what God has done for you because what he's done for you, he can do for them. People are looking. People observe your life. And they're looking at you because people in this world are looking for answers. Totally looking for answers. So, number four, life in the spirit is trust in God's design. Now, Moses is, I mean, he's hitting it hard. I don't know at this point if if I was God, I would have found somebody else through this conversation because God is probably thinking this, I am not going to get through to this man. Maybe I need to get his brother Aaron, you know, or find somebody else in the family or some other Israelite. The conversation continues in verse 10, chapter 4. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent. (laughs) 
So now he's making excuses about how he speaks. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your service, your servant. Well, I, I haven't been elegant growing up, and now since you've spoken to me, he, he's, he's pretty much blaming God. You have not transformed the way that I speak. I mean, you, you, haven't done it, you haven't done for me a personal miracle. Many theologians believe that, that Moses was a stutterer. Not for sure. But he said, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. If you talk to Brandon, you talk to Pastor Don, you talk to these guys, they said to the Lord years ago, God, I'll do anything for you, but I'm not going to preach. And they always will give this testimony to you. Be careful what you say. Because God is listening. They never thought they'd ever preach. Never thought they'd ever speak and, and minister up front. Be careful what you say. So here, Moses is like, I am slow of speech. The Lord said to him, now this is a great response. How many know God, he, he has a sense of humor? He says this, who gave human beings their mouths? <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. I gave you your mouth. I gave you. <laughs> Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. See, what God wants us to, to come to the point in our lives is this. Don't focus on what you can't do, but focus on what God can do. 2 Corinthians 12 says this. This is why, for Christ's sake, Paul said this. I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I get rid of me and my pride and my know-it-all, and my experience, and my degree, and all those things where we assume we're somebody, we think we're somebody, and because of our pride, God can't use us. God, you can't do, you know, to the point where you come to the realization that you can't do everything you need to do and fulfill what God has told you on this earth without him. You need him. He is your helper. He is your advocate. He is the one who comes alongside of you. He wants to partner with you, best partner. He won't give up when things are tough. He won't quit when the checkbook is empty. See, Moses focused on his inabilities, not God's design. Not God's design. The last one is this, number five. Life in the spirit is trust in God's people. Why? Because you cannot fulfill God's will by yourself. Isolate you. One of the biggest tactics of the enemy is isolation. Isolate you, isolate you from the people of God. Isolate you, get you alone. Get the sheep away from the flock where you're in danger of being attacked. And so let's read here in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 13. Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. He said this, please send someone else. He's like, he's at the very end of this whole thing. He's like, okay, I can't, I can't make excuses. Suppose, you know, why me? Can you, okay, this, I'm just done with this. Please send someone else. And then the Lord's anger, I underline that, Burned against Moses. How many know you can tick God off? (laughs) God is like, yo, hello. I am not a happy father. Like kids can make their parents angry. (laughs) I am not a happy father. (laughs) Come on, all the parents said amen. All the things that I have done for you, daddy, (laughs) <laughs> all the things we have given you, the education, 
Hello, are you out there? And God, our Father, is the same way. He is ticked off. He's anger burned against Moses. Burned. And Moses said, he burned against Moses, and he said, God said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? Okay, so he's trying to help him. Trying to give him somebody to help. He said, okay, all right. I understand you can't do it alone. I understand that there needs to be a team here. So God said, I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. <laughs> What's amazing about this is God already knew that he needed a helper even before he even asked. God already knows ahead of time. And he already is setting things up ahead of time for you to be successful. Here we have an amazing example of divine connection. Divine connection. For everything that God will have you to do on this planet, there is somebody God has already set up to help you. Always. Why? Because God is so into team. He's so into friendship. He's our best friend. We're in relationship with him. He's so into family. He's so into communication. He, he loves it when we side by side work together. In unity, in peace, not making you know major issues out of minor things, forgiving one another. It's in the midst of of. of Working side by side, that's where our character develops. We learn how to communicate. We, we learn how to hold our tongue. We learn what not to say at the Thanksgiving table. You know, you don't bring up Donald Trump in the midst of a bunch of liberal people, you know, uh, to cause controversy at the Thanksgiving meal because you want peace. Amen. So we learn what to say. But then when God has us to, um, to say something, we say it in a way that it can be received with wisdom, amen, so that we can make impact. And, and so the more that we grow in our faith and the more that we understand the Spirit, you'll notice in Jesus' ministry that all the things that he said, sure, there's times where he said things pretty direct and harsh, but the end result was to see people's lives changed. The end results, Yahweh, were for restoration and peace, to bring about peace upon the earth. And so that's the way God wants us to live. He said, I know that Aaron can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. He'll be your mouthpiece. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. I may know the, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. I will teach you what to say. I'll teach you what to do. I'll teach you how to follow through so that the end result can be deliverance and freedom for your people. Huh. So our prayer should be, God, there's times where I have, I have put my foot in my mouth. Anybody feel that way? When I was a young Christian, oh my gosh, I said so many stupid things. That's why I've deleted all the first 10 years of all my messages because I don't want you to listen to them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if I listen to some of those early years, I think to myself, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. That was stupid. Thank God I've learned. But I haven't learned everything. I've learned what to say and what not to say. I've learned how to say things. I know I've learned what subjects to avoid. You out there? That really have nothing to do with church, and I don't need to fight that battle. That's not the battle we're fighting here. It's, it's in the midst of the calling of God upon your life. What you do is you find out where your sweet spot is, and you focus on that sweet spot because in that focus is where you're going to have the most effect and the most success. Success doesn't come by trying to be the master of everything. 
Success comes by focusing, and the, and the more that we grow in God, the more we realize this is what my focus is, this is where God wants me, and this is how God wants me to operate. And he said to Moses, he said, listen, I'm not letting you off the hook. You're still going to be the leader. I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you Aaron. He can speak, but you're also going to have to speak as well. You're the one that has the influence in the palace because you grew up there. You're the one that Pharaoh hopefully is going to listen to. You're the one that I want to use. You're the one that I have placed in this position of influence to bring about my desired results, that I want my people to be delivered from this slavery and this bondage because I've heard their cry and I I want to give them a land that is flowing with milk and honey. I want to bless my children. I want to bless my children. It's an amazing story. He says in verse 16, he will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and is as if you were God to him. (laughs) But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Don't leave it at home. (laughs) Take the tools I've given you. Amen. Don't leave your keys. at home because you're not going to be able to start your car. Take the tools with you so that you're able to do what you need to do. Moses expressed insubordination so God equipped him with a part. Now Moses was a murderer. He was a fugitive. He's just seen amazing miracles demonstrating God's power. And he's now talking to a burning bush. And in the midst of it, he still says no to God. He still has excuses, but God sends him a partner to support him. How many times has God done miracles in your life or blessed you beyond your imagination? And then he comes up with the next level plan and we say no to it. I just want to encourage you this morning. That next level plan, if it's something in your thoughts that you think, oh, I could probably do that well, it's probably not God's plan. Because God will always present to you a plan that you cannot do by yourself in your own education, your own intelligence, and your own strength. Why? Because you need him and he wants to partner. It's God who deserves the glory. This is what walking in the spirit is. It's a life of adventure and a life of faith. It's a life of fun. And when we see desired results, It can be so fun. When we see God do things we know that couldn't have been done by our own strength, it's a fun life. It's actually one of of the funnest, most adventurous lives you could possibly live on this earth is serving Jesus. Amen? You'll know, and you all know that um, when you try to move forward, things don't come easy. There is a fight. The devil doesn't mind where you're at, but he hates it when you try to progress forward. He's going to try to keep you in the place that you're at. But when you start talking faith, when you start expressing, you know, verbally vision and talking about goals, all of a sudden he starts to attack you, starts to come after you, bringing doubts in your heart and you know, then we start to make excuses because of fear. And I just want to encourage you that the thought in your mind or the vision that you have in your mind that is bigger than you is probably God. Go for it. Go for it. Start taking steps towards it. You know, I always, I always go to real estate, but, you know, I, I thought that it would be real easy to sell this lot that we were working on and uh, do a 1031 exchange to buy something else in the city of Bend, Oregon. (laughs) Well, little did I know that a fight would ensue. And I wanted to give up. I called Sabela and like, I'm done with this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. She's like, oh, wait a minute, relax, relax. God gave me a partner, right? Because, you know, the guy was like trying to discount the lot because the city was requiring sprinklers and all kinds of stuff on this this piece of land and he wasn't going to buy it and we needed a certain amount of money to invest in something else and and I didn't I didn't want to fight I just wanted to give up and she's like no 
It's worth this, and we're going to fight. I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, let me call the real estate agent. I call the real estate agent. I said, what would you do if it's your life? He goes, well, I'd call the city, and I'd start a conversation with them. I'm like, oh, okay. I seriously did not want to do it. I was like, so now I call the city, and I've, I've been, like, in negotiations with a senior planner in Bend, and, and the Lord is like, bug the heck out of her. So like on Friday, it was like six, seven emails back and forth. And, and then she's, she's not budging on some kind of density rules and zoning things. And, I, and then I, I, I find the name of the director of community development in Bend. And you know what? If I have to, I'm going, I'm going to Pharaoh. It's just what you got to do. Because at every level in your life, I could pretty much say, okay, that's her answer. That's the senior. First, we dealt with an assistant planner. Now we're dealing with a senior planner. Well, if I have to, I just go to the top. Because you know what? I pay taxes and I pay your salary. Hello. And I have a right to take up some of your time and to actually meet with you. So you know what I did? I called the architects that did this building because we've become friends. We're friends on Facebook. And if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have this building because we sat at, a, at another meeting, typical to a meeting I'll have with the director of development in Bend. We had that same meeting with the city of Gresham. And if it wasn't for her, she quoted chapter and verse of the code. If it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be in here today. Because once she quoted chapter and verse of the code, they all kind of threw up their hands and said, well, I guess we're not going to have to require sprinklers and seismic upgrades. Because if those were required, we wouldn't be in here today because we couldn't afford this building. It's the same situation. So now I've already been in a similar situation and I already have experience in that situation dealing with the same situation in another city. So I've got a little bit of confidence so the, the architect calls me back and said, well, there's, a, there, there's never a silver bullet. I mean, there's never a silver bullet, but there's options. And then what do you do? Start praying for favor. Start praying for leniency. Because I don't care what the code says. Thank God it's just a guide. But how many of you know the rules can always be changed? They were changed not in our favor. So the rules can always be changed. So my encouragement to you is don't give up. You guys, are you understanding what I'm saying? Don't give up. Don't give in. (laughs) Go for the win. Love God, love people, and do stuff. You know? Don't give up. Press forward. Call Comcast and argue that your bill is too high and make them reduce it. Hello. You know, the thing is, if we just kind of just settle for things, you know, you realize you've been paying a higher price for three years if you would just call after the six-month grace period. It's the same way in the spirit with God. Don't give up. Don't settle. When God has a vision for you to move forward, a fight will ensue. And if you just kind of flop around like a fish, like, oh, whatever, it'll, whatever will be, will be, then okay, whatever will be, will be. But if you want to move forward, you got you to gotta realize whose you are and who lives in you and that nothing is impossible with God to those who believe. And I'm a fighter and I'm going for that. That's my dream. That's what I want. God is partnering with me. He's already produced in me an inner witness that that's what he wants for my life. And I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Amen. I'm going to get that new car. I'm going to get that new kitchen. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to start that new ministry. I'm going to do whatever God's called me to do. And I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to be a testimony of God's goodness and grace and glory in my life. And people will look at me and say, how did you get all that you have? How come you're, you're always filled with joy and peace? Well, what is up with you? What is up with you? And then you can say at that point, listen, I would not be where I am and who I am if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, my Savior, my provider, my peace, my joy, my confidence. Amen? Amen, Tony? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Tony just gave his life to the Lord a few weeks ago, and 
He's like, he's like high on Jesus. So, so if, <laughs> so if you need a, need a little boost, go touch him after service. All right. Cause he's just like emanating the power of God in his life. <laughs> Come on up here, man. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for Tony. Thank you for those he brought last week that received Christ as his savior. Father, we thank you, Lord, for his passion. We thank you, Lord, for his deliverance and his continued freedom, God. And we just praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for the vision you have for our lives. God, forgive us for the excuses. God, we don't want to be like Moses. Thank you for providing your power, your presence, your people around us so that we can walk in the spirit and and follow your spirit's voice in our lives as we progress forward, God, as we see the vision and the dream come to pass. We praise you for it and we thank you for it. Thank you for a Merry Christmas. Thank you for the joy of Christmas emanating through us throughout this season, God. We just praise you for that and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you. God is good. Whew, yeah. So I guess young adults are meeting, having a... Christmas party, potluck. Everyone else, you can't sneak down there and get food. You're going to have to go buy some somewhere else. So. <laughs> Turn to somebody, give them a high five, give them a hug. Tell them, love God, love people, and do stuff. Love God, love people, and do stuff. I need a couple strong men. We need to move the big commercial refrigerator into the new kitchen before the party. So if I can have a couple strong guys, we got to bring it through the front doors and come around the side. If you want to head down to the kitchen, Bill, Bill should be down there. 